Welcome to Quotable, a female millennial entrepreneur podcast, the show by and for female millennial entrepreneurs who are building and running thriving, successful businesses while living life to the fullest. I'm your host, Alessandra Polina. I'm so excited to have Jamie Kolnick here today. She's the founder and CEO of Jam with Jamie, which is a really fun sounding business that I am excited to hear more about. And so Jamie, thanks for coming on today, first of all. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you. Me too. I want to, I feel like you, you sound like you're a funny person from what I've seen and heard. And I feel like we can all use that in our lives right now. So oh, well, thank you. No pressure, but <laughs> I do my best. No, the pressure, the pressure is on. It's no, on. absolutely not. I, I don't, um, you know, this isn't a comedy hour, but you know, I was kind of like looking for this forward to this conversation when I saw it on my calendar. Cause I was like, you know what? We just, we just need that. So, um, Thanks. yeah, tell us, Likewise. since that's not exactly, you know, well, I mean, that, it, that sounds like it is a big part of who you are and what you do, but it's not necessarily the main bulk of Jam with Jamie. So tell us a little bit first about how you started your business, what Jam with Jamie is all about and like what that journey has been like, and then we'll go from there. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, humor has gotten me throughout my whole life, the ups and downs, the in-between. So that kind of follows me. Um, I started Jam With Jamie in 2008. I was teaching music classes at a place called City Babes down in Soho, where um, I had all of these, I was like in celebrity shock from all of the people who walked in there with their with their kiddos. And I would sing all of them, the children's tunes, and we'd play with shakers and different props. And um, I was ahead of uh, a band called the bandmates and this was like my my introduction to new york city which was super fun and a great way to meet some other musicians and have my side hustle to auditioning i was i had always had big dreams of being on broadway from a little girl on and so when i moved here that was that was the goal was auditioning I was taking dance classes, even though I suck at dance, I kept trying (laughs) and I taught music classes on the side. And I did that for, um, I had been doing that for like my whole life. I've been like, you know, working with kids. I did a lot of children's theater when I was younger. Um, So even as a child myself, I worked with kids, which is pretty funny. And then I, um, when I got here, I was, I was a horrible waitress. So I started doing this. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Like we, we, I, I could go on and on about my experience as a waitress and why I should never wait tables. Um, I'm great at talking to people, horrible at like opening wine at the side of the table. I had like, I had one of my, one of my guests like happily like opened it for me and I thought it was like a charming moment and my boss like came down on me so hard he like almost fired me he's like if I ever see you do that again (laughs) I'm like what I couldn't figure it out he wanted to help me so anyways yeah I started teaching music classes worked at City Babes and then I spun off on my own I started Jam with Jamie and um, I started uh, I was a music teacher at a couple Upper East Side preschools and I, you know, set up my website. My mom, who has since passed away, helped me come up with the name, come up with my business cards, come up with like the concept and it was like my biggest cheerleader in life. So she helped me, you know, think of the whole 
concept and believed in me. And so, and she actually hooked me up with my first party. It was like her friend's daughter's first birthday party. And she was like, there's this party and they want you to do it. And I was like terrified because I had worked with other companies, but had never gone off on my own under my own company name. So I had to like, you know, create my own set, come up with what, you know, what activities I was going to be doing. And it was a live and learn sort of experience. I just threw myself into it and, you know, had pep talks with myself before I went in. And it was, it was super exciting. Like anytime I've been on stage, this is different. I was in someone's living room with 10 kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, that's, it's that like rush from performing that has always gotten me through anything that like, if I say I'm going to do it, I just go out and I do it. And somehow it works most of the time. if like, I have the right intentions going in. So usually if I just throw myself in and believe myself, which is why I love improv. Um, and I did, I did a lot of UCB improv. I never fully finished the program, but I loved it. And, um, what I loved about it was you just have to like figure it out. You just have to throw yourself in and make it work, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's just a fun way to look at anything that we do in life. Just, um, if you have an idea, just throw yourself in and see what happens. Yeah. I feel like that's like an overarching theme of this podcast. Like all the conversations that I have with people, it's like, you know what? I didn't know what I was doing, but mm-hmm. I decided to try it and figure it out as I went. Throw exactly. It's like, I think like way more common than people sometimes think looking in, like people think, oh yeah, you have to have everything all set before you start a business. Nope really know what they're doing. Like, no, everyone I talked to is like, yeah, I had no idea what I was doing, but so, and I think, I mean, obviously you had the background in like the thing. And I think that's the most important part. That's what I always tell people about business too. Like, it's not about having like a business plan or like knowing how to run a business, but as long as you have like that skill or that talent, then the rest can kind of come from there, I guess. Definitely. I mean, I went to school for theater and dance and like not on, you know, not business. So, and I, you know, part of me now wishes that I had that, but I, I learned as I went along, it was, it was learning from the experience and as the years went on and I never intended for it to be what it is now. It was really a side hustle. It was like, I love singing for kids. I, you know, I, I need to make money to survive in the city because my mom told me she's not paying for my rent anymore (laughs) and I have to figure it out on my own. And, um, of course she had to like cushion a little bit because, you know, didn't pay all the bills. Um, thanks mom. Um, but you know, I, I, I did begin over years of doing this to have these goals for the business that were bigger than I originally intended. And one of those was to start training other people and expand. And I really, I didn't originally start with that intention. I was just like, I'll do this. And I was doing, you know, I would sometimes do four parties in a day and Mm. um, it got a little exhausting, of course. And then I booked a children's show called Wanda's Monster with um, music by Lori Berkner, who's now a dear friend of mine and who's an incredible inspiration to me and so many. And when I was doing that show, the parties were on the weekends, so I couldn't do birthday parties. So Mm -hmm. I started to look for other people to do parties for me because I had the demand coming in. And I was like, well, it would be silly just not to do it and like Mm -hmm. hand it off. At first I was handing it off to other people in my community. You know, we would pass off parties to each other 
And then I was like, well, wait, like I actually, I could make this, I could continue this and hire people and train them. And so, and so I did. And, um, you know, one person would show up to one of their auditions with their jam with Jamie bag of props. And another guy at the audition would be like, what are you doing after this audition? And then the word kind of got out that I was hiring people and I found great people through the performers that I hired. Mm -hmm. And then that performer would move to Chicago and was in a show in Chicago and said, Hey, can you get me work there? And I said, I'll try. And then we expanded to Chicago. And then someone in Miami saw YouTube videos that I did. And I did all these children's, uh, teaching children's classic uh, hand plays with a company called Howcast. And now some of these videos have been seen worldwide and um, have millions of views, which has been incredible exposure. Wow. And I've had people in other states ask me for advice and I'm, I've actually gotten into business with some of them and had them um, train them and had them start in their states. And, and uh, that's been one way I found people too. Um, and then a lot of it's just been through people I've hired that they recommend a friend. And now we're in eight states. I have over 50 people working for the company on and off. People are in and out. Right now, most people are in because theater is not really a thing right now. Mm -hmm. But when um, when theater is a thing, then um, they're in and out. They go on tour. They come back. You know, we we you know say they're available now and put them on parties for whatever their schedule is. And we're really flexible. Um, so it's a nice side gig. Yeah. That sounds like an incredible, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a really incredible opportunity for other people in theater and like these performing arts who have like an unsteady or, or like often on type of mm -hmm. gigs and like, what else are they going to do besides wait tables? But then you have this great cater, cater, wait table. Yeah. It's tough. It's, it's a tough, or like you can get jobs as like, uh, um, oh God, I had this horrible job what was it? I was a temp. Um, so they'd send you out to random desk jobs. Mm. I would, that was not good for me. Oh my gosh. Like I, I remember I showed up and I wanted to work in film and TV and I was like, just send me out for any entertainment office jobs. That would be mm. fun. I like went into one job. I completely failed my first day. I remember like I left there crying. Like I couldn't figure out the spreadsheets and like what uh, answering calls. Like I was terrified by one of those big phones with all yeah. the different numbers. And I was like, oh, God, yeah. oh my God. And I was like, I can't, I can't. I'm like, I'm not cut out for this. Like I would be good if I had lots of time to like get to know yeah. the system, but I can't just be thrown in like that. And that is another job that a lot of artists do um, is temp. So um, really tough to jump into like an office without knowing what the system, oh, terrifying. processes are and like how to terrifying. Do stuff. Oh. Yeah. Wow. So what was that timeline like? Like when between like you starting and you're kind of just doing birthday parties on the weekends by yourself to mm -hmm. like hiring people or having, you know, going to multiple states, like how long was it in between the two? Sure. So I started late 2008 and I would say starting in 2011 i began to hire other people 2010 2011 okay. so a, a few years on my own I, it was 2011 it was a few years on my own and then i got married in 2012 and you know i was like all about the wedding and that um so that was fun um and i and i was also doing the the off broadway shows during that time 
So I began really managing other people and scheduling and again, just like living and learning what worked and what didn't and making a lot of mistakes. And that's just how, that's how it works. Uh, Once I had my first son, so now I have two kids, a two and a four-year-old, Zach, who's four, Evan, who's two. And when I was pregnant with Zach, I, um, I did parties up until I was like eight and a half months pregnant. I remember I was covering for someone that was, that was late and, uh, and then something happened and like, they were like super duper late and I like rushed over to the Upper East Side and it was a really big client and I was so pregnant. (laughs) I remember (laughs) during that party as I'm like in the middle of wheels on the bus, I'm like, I'm never fucking doing this again. (laughs) Can I curse on this? Um, (laughs) could bleep me out. Um, I don't just know. I've like, never had to before. I'm, or I don't think we've ever had that come up before, so I'm not sure. I've never bleeped anyone before. I'm sure someone's worried. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. I am such a potty mouth. I really need to work on it because, you know, Zach is really picking things up and will repeat anything. Um, so um, I just remember thinking, like, I want to just manage the company. Like, I can't be, like, schlepping around to parties with the guitar and the props and the everything. Like, it's just so much. And I wanted to spend more time with my family at that point, my growing family. And, um, and it's funny because I thought, I thought it would be easier, which is hilarious (laughs) because it's not at all easier. It is so challenging to run this company in multiple States and all of the moving parts and putting your trust in other people to get there and to do the thing and to manage everything and streamline and, but it's been a wonderful challenge and it's taught me so much for everything that I do in life. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That, well, that was like my next couple of questions. I was gonna, so you don't do it really any parties yourself now, but yeah, keeping that sounds really tough. Like the consistency of being like, you're, you can have a jam with Jamie party in like Chicago or in New York city or Miami. And it's going to be basically, you know, this experience, but it's all different people doing it and you're not there in the different places to like, make sure, like, how do you keep up with that consistency? Make sure it's all going to be kind of somewhat the same or at least, you know, what people are expecting. And I mean, yeah, I don't know. I just can't even imagine staying on top of all of that. So like, I'm curious about what it kind of morphed into in terms of managing all of that back end of it. Yeah, it was, I like, I train every performer with the same exact script. So it's called the classic jam. And that is a 45 minute jam that when I hire someone, I give them all the materials that they need to learn independently. There's a video that accompanies it. There's a music library that accompanies it. And they're able to do all of that on their own and ask me if they have any questions along the way. And when they're done, we set up either, well, it used to be in person if they're in New York, because I really like face-to-face if I can. Um, But if not, you know, if they're in other states, we've always done it virtually. So we were doing that. We've always been virtual in other states as far as training. And then here we we have the luxury of seeing people in the flesh. Um, And I did in the, originally when I started to expand, fly to other places and get to know people. And I, um, 
I started to I started to realize that people are kind of in and out of the company. It's just not worth it to go through those financial lengths. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes it, it it accomplishes the same thing to do it virtually, which a lot of companies are realizing right now yeah. that they can work virtually. So I I tried that. I tried going and meeting, and I realized that I can have a similar experience getting to know people virtually and ideally getting there at some point to meet them in person too. Um, so they learn, we do a virtual, like a zoom call or FaceTime and I watch their whole set and I give them feedback and then we throw them in just the way that I was thrown in the Mm -hmm. first time I did it because you can only really learn from experience. And as much as I tell them to get there 20 minutes in advance and to leave enough time to get somewhere and to do this and that they need to make some mistakes to never make them again, you know? Um, and I believe that's true of like anything that we do. I can only prep so much and I can tell pretty quickly if someone's the right fit or not. And I've over time had a more keen eye on who to hire and train and work with at this point. Some people I've been like, oh, it'll be fine. And it's like a disaster. Um, And it's really hard to manage those sort of relationships. So I've gotten better about having boundaries about who I'm going to hire and let in and, and really be particular about that because it affects me a lot when I'm working with the wrong person as, Mm -hmm. as it does with any founder um, or someone who's hiring, it's, it just could, it can make your life even harder to have the wrong person. So it makes a lot of sense to just not bring them on if they're not the right person. And as long as you have the right team, it's just beautiful. It's like amazing. Everything that you put into place, it's executed, you know, but you just need to get rid of some of those bad eggs along the way and make sure that you, even if now there's someone on, if someone listening right now, someone on your team that isn't a good fit, really take a think on like, on if it's worth it, you know, cause it's, it's so nice to shed the, um, the problems and just hone in on the, the solid people on your team who really care. Yeah. That's such good advice. I think for like any business owner and it's true. It's like, I mean, yeah, it's amazing. Once you can see things starting to happen the way you were picturing them and having people who can really just like, Oh yeah, like that's getting done. That's getting done. That's getting done. And you can just like imagine what you want to happen. And then so much more is happening than when it's you on your own, because obviously with more people, you can do more things. And that's so exciting. Yeah, definitely. And and expanding the back end, uh, like right now I have an operations manager who's also my best friend, which has been like the biggest blessing this year has brought me. <laughs> we started working together in March, right before everybody went into quarantine. And oh, wow. um, it's been so wonderful to have her by my side. And we've recently discussed bringing on more people onto the team because the delegation of everything of the back end, it, it's cumbersome between the two of us. So um, it's worth it to invest in in the right people to help move things along smoothly. And I do believe you can really grow from that. The more you put in, the more you can grow. And um, trying to work through that now, hiring is it's so hard. Performers, it's like, okay, you're amazing, you're great, and you seem sweet and awesome. Let's try it, you know. Like, mm-hmm. and I liked your references, but like, it's hard with the back end, like with the right sales and marketing and 
just that, that person you're basically working with every day. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really a part of the company. It's really hard to find the right fit. And I, uh, yeah, I, I have a, a difficult time with that. I wish someone would just do it for me and find, I know that's why recruiters exist. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm definitely going to look into that because that's what really makes a business run really well, really well is the right people, the right systems. And I've been working for the last few years on tightening up our backend systems and really making sure that we're using the right platforms and, mm-hmm. uh, and backend to ensure everything's move, moving as smoothly as it can. Yeah. And it's like such a never ending process, right? Cause I feel like there are new tools and platforms and stuff like all the time. And you're like, okay, we've got this town. This has to be the best. And then, you know, the next year something else comes out or you start hearing about something else people are using mm-hmm. and then you have to kind of start the process again of like looking into options. I mean, of course, if you have something that works great, then you don't have to switch, but it's just like, and it's easy right. to stay like that. Like it's easy to stay with what you know. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've been using PayPal forever, but I want to move to QuickBooks. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard such great thing about QuickBooks, but I just like hadn't made the move and I'm finally making the move this week. Nice. It's like that, like thing you've been meaning to hang up on the wall for like six months. And all it takes is like, a hammer and a nail. Like all you have to do is just go get the freaking hammer and the nail and like put it in the wall and it sits there for six months. I just did this the other day. That's why I'm using it as a, <laughs> as a comparison. And like, finally, just once you make the move to something that you've been thinking about, it feels so good. So I do recommend switching it up even because like, you know, there's so many wonderful programs out there to help you. And mm-hmm. it takes like, you know, I don't know, five hours to like learn the program and start using it. And you're going to make mistakes like with anything, but um, I'm excited to start using that and, and some other new programs that we're using to hopefully make our lives easier. Yes. I love it. I just, I think the episode that, well, the episode that came out like last week from when we're talking right now um, <laughs> is, was about like talking about efficiency and like figuring out, like, even if something feels like it's going to take time or be like weird or difficult to try to like figure out, it might end up saving you so much time and effort in the long run. If you just Mm -hmm. like you spend that five hours right now, figuring out how to use a new system, or even just seeing if it is going to be a good system for you. And then it might save you hours every single week after that or something rather than exactly, you know, and have been doing it and been like fine, but maybe it's just not quite as good as it could be. Exactly. And it's scary. It's hard because there's so many options out there. Um, so it might take some trial and error to find the right program, um, and the right things that the tools that you can use to have a a great running business. And I think it's just going to keep changing. I think that's the cool thing about business is it's ever evolving. It's never, it doesn't have to be pigeonholed into one thing. So just being flexible with that and making time for those changes uh, can definitely help in the long run. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And that's why it's good, you know, as the person who's in charge of figuring those things out, like just building in time every once in a while to make sure that you have time to like be figuring that stuff. I feel like it's just not saying it necessarily makes it onto like your to-do list or like into the weekly or monthly schedule because you're not like necessarily anticipating it unless it's like a big, you know, a big new platform, you know, you need to be figuring out right then, but just building in like extra time to be able to explore those things sometimes and not feel like, oh, this is like a waste of time right now. I can't, you know, because I have all these things on my to-do list this week because that that can be just as important as like the tasks that want to get checked off. Definitely. Definitely. And just making time for it. Yeah. And, and I know you already mentioned you have two kids, so time 
is like, obviously, I'm sure an important thing to you. And so how do you do that? Like, <laughs> what is it look? How do like I do the kids? Juggle all of this plus <laughs> your two kids and like running the company and things like that. Like, yeah. How do you do that? <laughs> What's that? Been um, like? her, her, her name is Glenny. She's okay. incredible. <laughs> Um, Glenny is our nanny and she makes my, my work life possible. I could definitely not run this ship without her help. And she's amazing. And Sean, my husband is incredible too. And he's been working from home, uh, three days a week. He just started to go back into the office two days a week. And, um, you know, because he's around, although the kids, whenever they're home, they don't go to him. Like, I don't get it, but like, he's right there. Like our apartment's not that big. He's right there. If we're both home, it's like he's invisible. And like, they will find me wherever I am and make sure I can't do anything. So I will say this working from home when they're also home was very challenging, even with Glenny there, who's incredible and, you know, would wrangle them and, you know, keep them in the living room while I'm working out of my bedroom um, and, and help. But it was, it's hard, you know, again, we're not in a big apartment. It's easy for them to find me and knock on my door until they have my attention and um, scream until I'm listening and get them a snack and no one can get them a snack, but me. Um, I have to be the one that gets them a snack. No one can. Yeah. I, my desk is like in our, we also have a not very large apartment and my desk is like just in this little nook area that is open to the kitchen and the living room. And my husband will be like sitting in the living room, like doing whatever, you know, playing a video game, watching TV. I'll be like clearly on my computer with headphones in, like on a, on a call, like a meeting for work <laughs> and he'll still come over. Like, you know, he needs me to like, of course, undo the Legos or something. I'm like literally sitting right there. You see us both <laughs> equally easily from where you're standing. It's not. Yeah. It's like, is maybe we can call it like a source of flattery. <laughs> you know, they, they want their mommy. Like I, I love it. I love it. And I, it's, it's okay. It's great. Like we'll look back on these days. I think fondly, I think everybody tells me that, you know, (laughs) like whenever we like see older people with their kids, like, you know, out of the house, they're like, you'll look back and you'll miss these days. Um, And I'm like, I don't know if I'll miss 2020, but okay, I'll get back to you. Yeah. It's hard to, (laughs) maybe maybe I'll miss every other year. (laughs) but this year has been uh interesting one um and yeah I mean this one this year has been really tough being from home but it's we found the balance we've as much as we can and most days are crazy but the kids are in school now my oldest son is in school five days a week and my youngest Evan is in school three days a week just in the mornings and that definitely helps to have a schedule and I hope it stays that way, but you know, they're taking a ton of safety precautions as all schools are. And, and they want us to be in school as much as we can be right now. And, um, if we have to move to virtual, we'll figure it out. Yeah. And you'll just find me in a, in a white room by myself with uh, like, you know, like a mental institution, but I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be okay. <laughs> My son's doing virtual right now. That's what they're doing here. It's, um, yeah. 
yeah, I'm just about there in that white room. <laughs> yeah, you're all, you and I will meet each other. And I know there's so many people listening that are already in the white room. Yeah. I see you, I hear you. I know that you hate me because my kids are in school right now. <laughs> but um, oh but I could be you. I could be you <laughs> next week. So. It's true. You never know. Well, yeah, we're taking it day by day. Um, this, and- isn't my, this isn't my best motivational chat um, for <laughs> how to deal with working from home and dealing dealing with kids who are also homeschooling. I mean, it is, it is tough. Like uh, women especially are in a really hard spot right now. Mm -hmm. There are so many women out there who are not able to work. It is not even, it's not fair. And um, it's like all happening so quickly that we can't keep up with it. We're just going to look back and see the statistics and Mm -hmm. be like, Oh, Oh my God. Okay. That happened, you know? And so I hope we, look at that and make change and see how we can level out the playing field and help women keep their jobs and just get through this time together. Yeah, I mean, as much as we joke and complain, like how lucky are we that we can be still running our businesses from home and yeah. nothing really yes. day to day in terms of the business is, you know, suffering. I mean, you know, there might be a day here, a day there, but to be able to still have our jobs and to still be having all of, you know, all of that still happening is obviously so much more lucky than so many people who didn't have that option. So, yes. And I hope that it becomes a more level playing field in the near future and absolutely do feel grateful that I've been working from home forever. So, or wherever I wherever I want to work, I've been able to work. So I do think it's possible for a lot of people and, um, and not for many. So, um, it's, it's a really, it's a really crazy time and we're all, we're all getting through it. Hopefully we don't end up in that white room, but it's okay. If we do, we'll have each other, right? Like they serve three meals there. There's like good air conditioning. (laughs) Us and all the moms. And um, I think in all reality, like we are getting through it. And the fact that like we're doing this, it's like almost like what could possibly be harder? Like nothing. Like I think we're going to be like all set for the rest of our lives. Like we're all going to know that we can get through anything after doing kids and running a business, running, running the kids and the business from home this year. Like there's nothing else that could be harder. I don't think. Yeah, this the challenges in our life make us stronger. I'm a huge like I I really really believe that is the case if we you know anything that we go through in these mo- in the most difficult times just give us perspective in the future to help us like see the light and to yeah. help us see what we are, you know, grateful for. And, and you have, have. experience, like you, and one of the things that we had kind of super briefly touched on was like, well, you have experience in kind of that. I feel like, I feel like you're a great person to talk to you about how to keep up, how to keep up the spirits, how to still be happy and like run a happy, uh, positive business while going through super tough times. Right. Because you have like that experience with like grief and loss and yes. um, some of those other projects that maybe now is a good time to <laughs> tell us about sure. that. Not, not to laugh, but I don't know. Sure. Why. No, we can laugh. We can laugh through everything. 
and it's interesting reaction because I think whenever anybody talks about death and grief and loss, there's, there's a discomfort around it. And one of the things that I want to help everybody break through is to not be uncomfortable talking about our losses because we've all experienced them in some way or another, not always a death loss, but uh, so many losses that we experience through life, the loss of a job, the loss of a relationship, um, the loss of homes. Like there's, there's so many ways that we experience grief and loss. And um, I don't know how often we talk about it comfortably. It's, a, I mean, it's an uncomfortable topic, but I think it needs to be less taboo and we need to be open, keep the open discussion. There was recently actually just a Hey Mama chain about, um, and that's how we met um, mm -hmm. through the incredible Hey Mama community about loss and looking for mediums, which I'm so into. I love it. Oh, um, I, I I'm that. like, oh, I love that list. I'm like going to dig into all those references. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I think that people are, one person on the chain was like, wait, should we all like, if we're all looking for mediums, like the people that are, we've all lost someone, like, should we have like a separate group to like chat? And like, I immediately felt like, yes, like, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Like, the more groups that get together to talk, like the better. I recently found this and I'll, you know, a little bit of my backstory. I've lost my mom, my dad, and my brother. Um, my mm -hmm. mom in uh, 2009 to breast cancer after a 15 year battle, my dad in 2004 to leukemia, and my brother died in a car accident in 1998 when he was mm -hmm. 18, I was, I was 13. So mm -hmm. this was in the span of a decade. I've experienced wow. a lot of loss. Like I, when I say it out loud, it sounds like I'm saying someone else's story, honestly, because I've said it a lot. And I think sometimes when you say things a lot that are freaking crazy, like, you know, like you don't feel like it's your story and that's how you can talk about it with like a, a smile almost, like a weird yeah. smile. And I, I recently found this community, Modern Loss, uh, one of the co-founders, Rebecca, uh, Sofer is one of my dear friends now, and she's amazing. And um, I met, I went on this retreat with them, and I met all these other people who had experienced loss. And I had never, in 20 years of since the, I lost Alan, my brother, um, I've never had a community like that before. And mm -hmm. I sat in this room with all these people, and I felt such a connection to them because um, they had it's a, it's lonely. It's so lonely to go through this. And like, you don't always seek out those communities. Um, and it was really, really nice to, to have people to talk to that really got it. Yeah. Um, and to connect on that, that level. So yeah, I think that as far as running my business through all of this, it's been great to have a happy business when life can be so sad. You know, we are, we are helping people celebrate the awesome times in their lives and we all have them. And it's really nice to be knowing that we're making a difference and a, and a positive impact on people's lives, especially during this time. Like when we shifted our business completely virtual at the beginning of the pandemic, when everybody was at home and was like, you know, chickens with their head cut off, like mm -hmm. really uh, tough times. And we were able to, we were offering free online music classes every single day, sometimes twice a day. Wow. And it was donation based. And we got a, 
a lot of great feedback and a great following and met a lot of new awesome people worldwide. So it was a really awesome way to connect and to give back and um, to help people. And that's one of, it was honestly one of my favorite times of ever running this business. There was no, it was not about the money. There wasn't many logistics. It was just providing our service of music and helping families either get a break while their kid took 30 minutes to watch a music class or they enjoyed it with them. Mm -hmm. And it was so enjoyable. Like, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to take that with me and my work now, as we do go back in person and the logistics rev up again, and we're, you know, dealing with all of the back end. I'm really trying to hold on to that because it was enjoyable during one of the hardest times that we've all experienced. It was actually a silver lining. So I think that we can take those really hard experiences, take them with us throughout our lives. And that being a positive experience out of a tough situation, take that with me now as we get back into the, you know, quote unquote, real world and, and really live my business through that lens. You know what I mean? Like try yeah. and try and take that, that zest, that, um, that heart that really is behind the business with me. Yeah, I love that. I think that's really important. And I was going to ask if you have any any tricks for kind of like having to be fun and exciting and, you know, happy when you're if you're like performing or, you know, just going through daily life but need need that kind of that kind of personality coming across if you're really mm-hmm. just like not feeling it that day. Like if you really are going through a tough time or you're really just feeling sad or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But maybe part of what you just said is kind of, is kind of part of that. But do you have any other kind of thoughts on that? Absolutely. I mean, I've had many of those days. I am an artist after all, we're very up and down and emotional. (laughs) Um, And on, on the hard days, I stop working and as I, I, I really, I, sometimes I get caught up on it because I love like seeing a zero inbox and I love finishing the calls. But if I'm really not in the right mindset, I try and leave the apartment I take a walk. I've been doing, uh, practicing transcendental meditation for, you know, over a decade. And I, and I will close my eyes. I'll meditate. I'll do something for myself and try and release all of the little things that get in our head that can drive us crazy, you know, all of the little things. And just remember that I'm one speck in the universe and that most of those things aren't that important. You know, like some things are really important, but when you've been in life and death situations as I have, I know what's really important. And what really matters. So I remind myself of that. And there's something about that experience that usually brings me back down to earth and able to deal with all of the clutter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and um, so while we're still kind of big on, breath, take a big breath. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for having such a fun and a funny conversation with me. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That was sorry, really thing. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I'm going to tell a joke now. I'm going to tell a joke. Uh, no, I'm just no, just, well, you said you're writing a memoir. What and what did you? What was the wording you used for me? It's a coming of age memoir. It's a. It's. I hope it's a comedy, but as I write it, I realize some of it's not, like. 
just not funny at all. But I'm hoping I'm hoping to have humor in there because through all of the tragedies in my life, I was a teenager and a, you know, young adult and like at the University of Texas at Austin partying and like also going through all these other these challenging times and you know, when Alan passed away, I was 13 and I was like boy crazy. And, and I, uh, you know, the funny coming of age stories that I'm sure many will relate to. And, uh, and then of course the things in between that have really made me who I am and helped me to, to appreciate what I have and where I am now. So I'm super excited. I've been working on it for like three years. It's been a crazy, awesome process. I started working on it when I was pregnant with Evan. And the reason why I started writing it was because my mom wanted to write a memoir. And as she was on her, uh, you know, last days, she shared with me that it was one thing that she really wanted to do and she didn't get a chance to do it. And she just couldn't believe it was the end and um and i told her that i would do it for her mm. and that i would make sure that her story continued and that i was an extension of her because i really feel like she's a part of me um that i was an extension of her and that i would be able to continue her legacy so it's about her story it's about my story and you know how i saw her through her through my lens and um it's been really awesome. I'm almost done with my proposal. I'm searching for an agent. If there's any agents listening and you want to read it. <laughs> um, so that's been a whole other really exciting part, uh, other hat that I'm wearing. Yeah. Sorry. Nothing I'm saying is funny, but I swear when we're just like chilling, hanging out, like we'll have, we're having fun or laughing. <laughs> it's like, there's a lot of real talk here right now. That's and, so but funny. I do, as one of my acting teachers, Anthony Apeson said, the comedy springs from the truth. So you put the truth in your mouth and you laugh. Ha ha ha. So, and we gotta, we gotta laugh through all of the hard times too. It's like the only way to get by. Totally. Yes. I agree. Um, no, and I think it's so good. And I'm, I'm glad that we talked about everything we've talked about. So <laughs> no pressure on the comedy. Um, I, I, I didn't perform. I'm sorry. I, I failed. I did not. No, I think this comedy. was a really good conversation. I think that it's going to be more useful to a lot of people than if they were just, we know. can set up a separate podcast where I just tell all my stories of waiting tables and that will be our comedy hour. That does sound like it could be funny. I never did tables. I was a hostess in college. That was my uh, only experience as, you know, restaurant experience. And I was awful, but I don't think anything really that funny happened. I just couldn't remember I, where the tables were. Like, <laughs> like they were all numbered in a very specific way that made no actual sense. And yeah, literally never got it down. I was like, just yeah. which table you mean? Because... <laughs> You're going to have to find that's much faster than trying to start with a number that that's you know, amazing. I was not good. That's, that's, that's okay. You find what you're good at, right? I was almost a hostess too. And I was actually with my ex-boyfriend at the time in Boston and I had no work ethic whatsoever. Like I really didn't want a job. And my parents were like, you have to get a job. Like you're not just going to spend the whole summer in Boston with your boyfriend 
like frolicking around doing nothing. <laughs> and I got this job at a seafood restaurant as a hostess. I applied at Sephora and this place and I got the job and I... <laughs> so ridiculous i was i was a very big stoner at the time i don't smoke anymore but i have dabbled a lot in the, <laughs> in the in the marijuana leaves um and i was I, I was really high that night like i got the job that morning i got really high and i like twist i don't know what happened i like stood up wrong and i twisted my ankle and i like had i just decided that i couldn't be a hostess and stand on my feet all day <laughs> and that um, because I twisted my ankle, even though my like ankle healed within a week. <laughs> um, and I did not have a job that summer. I totally just frolicked around the city with my boyfriend and no. our other roommate, Frank. Totally not <laughs> at all on purpose, right? Uh, to No, no, of course not. No, I was totally not on purpose. <laughs> uh, it was, it, look, I think I learned something that summer. Just uh, what I learned was to never do that again and to mm-hmm. always just try and get that job. <laughs> Yeah. I bet you had a more fun summer, but that's, um, I don't remember it. I really, I have no idea what happened. (laughs) (laughs) No clue. No clue. And that's okay. That's okay. Right. That's an experience. Yeah. I mean, depending on, you know, if you're young enough and, and it's only one summer, I guess that's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Just one, just one summer. It doesn't seem to have affected the course of the success of real life. No, I, I definitely gained my work ethic after that summer. See, it was a learning experience of what not to do in life. Yeah. And yeah, it's good. It just goes to show, you know, I had no idea I would be owning a business at that stage in life either. Yeah. You can't always tell when you're young. No. Not everybody who ends up being an entrepreneur or starting a business or any kind of idea nope. has been like that from the very beginning. Like I feel people are like, Oh yeah, I knew from the time I was six years old that I was going to do something like this. I'm like, nope. I just no. graduated college and was like, I don't like any of the idea uh, jobs I'm seeing out here. So right, and so many people go through that and don't know what it is that they're going to end up doing. And you have to try a bunch of things. Like I've had a million different jobs, and sometimes no jobs at all. <laughs> um, and those are times to reflect. Right? I was super young. You gotta, you know, you gotta have those. I was probably also acting out and not interested in doing what I was supposed to be doing. But you got to have that those experiences. That's what makes us human and helps us to learn what we do want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I feel like we have to wrap it up. So on that yes. note, I want to hear two, two other questions that I always ask at the end um, along those same lines. Um, what's one thing that you wish you had known more about when you first started your business? Mm that it takes more than one person to run it efficiently and to not be scared to expand and invest in other people helping me to run the business. Mm-hmm. I did not, I really, I did way too much on my own mm-hmm. for a long time. And I wish that I had found someone who had run a business before who could help me from the get-go. Yeah. Same here. I did everything on my own for so long. I thought that that's what I wanted. Like that, that was all that I wanted from the business. And then later on, I was like, wait, this would be so much better if I had other people doing stuff. Or a consultant, like a consultant above me to tell me what, like a little Mm -hmm. bit, like I definitely had peers and mentors along the way, which was great who were in the business and other children's entertainers. And I, for, for years that was fine because it didn't take much to manage it. But as soon as I started to hire other people and train them and have a lot of logistics, 
I wish that I hired admin right then and figured out how to train them Mm -hmm. and then had like a consultant above me to help me figure out the path that was best because I think I took years and years and years to figure out what maybe I could have figured out within a year with more help. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe that goes into the last question, which is if there's one thing you'd like to share with other entrepreneurs as they're going along their journey, what would it be? Yeah. Um, I I would say that similar to what we talked about earlier, if there's something that you want to do or a change you want to make, do it. Uh, don't wait. Mm-hmm. Just um, jump into it because if it's scary, that means it's probably the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Sure thing. Tell more people. funny tips and real talk. On your next <laughs> DM me. We can have a hilarious conversation. Uh, no, I'm I'm fully available. Like if anybody ever wants to reach out to me on any of the topics that we discussed, I love connecting with other people, like-minded humans who've had similar experiences or just want to chat. I'm available. You can find me on Instagram at Jamie Kolnick or at Jam with Jamie. And of course, our website's jamwithjamie.com where you can learn all about what we're doing. We have, um, we're doing a great homeschool program right now where we send teachers to you so you don't have to do the work. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing in-person parties and events in eight states across the country and still you know, bringing on more entertainers in different states. So um, wherever you are, reach out to us. And um, we're doing virtual too as well right now if you prefer virtual. So I, uh, I can't thank you enough for having me on today. This is wow. so fun to you chat with you. I think we had a decent amount of laughs, decent yeah. amount of real chat. And this was super fun. Decent amount. Nobody's coming to to this show for laughs, really. Anyway, so. Oh, really? I think you need a little bit of it. It's not been. It's not been my uh, main focus or strong suit. I wouldn't say so. I don't think anyone will be disappointed. Okay. Good. Good. Well. uh, Okay. I'll put those. um, And and let me know if the if you end up finding an agent or whatever else for the memoir. And because yes, by the time this goes live, maybe you'll have more information. And everyone should just remember to keep an eye out for that. And. Please. whatever the next few months or years or whatever that timeline will be. Cause that's absolutely. Sounds... If anyone's listening that has a hookup, reach out to me. I'd love to hear from totally. you. Let's, um, let's make that happen. Let's make it happen. Manifesting baby. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe to Quotable, a female millennial entrepreneur podcast so you won't miss the next episode and leave a review on iTunes so other people will be able to find us easily. Also, don't be shy to get in touch with me or anyone you heard on this show. We're all about connecting and our Instagram handles and contact links are always in the show notes. If you have questions or ideas for a future episode, or you want to submit a guest or to see those show notes, you can do all of that online at quotablemediaco.com slash podcast. One other thing, join other listeners on Facebook and Instagram by searching female millennial entrepreneurs and joining us there. Talk to you soon and see you there.